0: Our scripture lesson today is taken from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 17, verses 5 through 10. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The Lord replied, If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, Come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat and drink. Uh, Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Well, there's been a lot of talk about injuries in the NFL this week, and uh, they announced a change to their Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is the NFL's all-star game. Okay, And so they announced a change that they're no longer actually going to play the game because it was, they didn't want their players getting hurt in just an exhibition. So they've changed it so the Pro Bowls no longer game. They actually are going to play a game, but it's going to be a game of flag football. That's going to be very interesting. Um, and they are also going to have a skills competition. Now that should be interesting to watch because when you see them in a skills competition, you will come to understand just how good they are at the basic skills. I mean, mean, you know, the quarterback throws an interception and you go, where is he looking? What was he doing? How did he miss the receiver by that much? But when there's nothing to do but throw the ball, what you'll see is that you could hang a banner like 40 yards downfield and Tom Brady will hit the dot over the I on a letter, okay, with no one around because they're that good at mastering the basics before they go on to play in a game, all right? And the fact that they've mastered the basics is why they're able to be so good in a game. Well, basics is what we're talking about today. Because what happens at the start of the story, which has an awkward start, we're going to talk about that in a second, is that the apostles say to Jesus, increase our faith. So implicitly here, they're blaming Jesus for their lack of faith. Increase our faith. Do it for us. We need more faith. Give us more faith, all right? We have not been given enough faith. Now, Jesus responds to point out to them basically that a lack of faith is not their issue. He says, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Now, when Jesus uses an example, it's intentional. There's a very specific bit about it. All right? Now, I know nothing about trees, flowers, any of those kinds of things. So I have to Google this. So any information I ever impart to you about anything botanical, I assure you it has come from Google. All right? So the Google machine says that mulberry trees have these incredibly extensive root systems. And that you can't even have one near your house. They said if you, if you have a mulberry tree, it has to be at least like six, seven, eight feet away from your house. Because if you have a mulberry tree near your house, the roots will grow so expansively that you can even like damage the foundation of your home. Because it's just not going to stop. It's just going to keep going for a much wider radius around the tree than what is apparent from the, from the top of the tree, okay? And so Jesus uses this very specific example very intentionally because if there's one tree you're going to have trouble uprooting, it's going to be a mulberry tree. He says, But, huh, oh, you need this much faith. And he's not saying that to say to them, You don't have this much faith. He's using that example of the mustard seed to say, You already have more than enough faith. What do you mean you don't have enough faith? You have more than enough faith. I mean, look at what the apostles have done. They've given up everything. They've left their families in order to follow Jesus. You've got plenty of faith. You only needed this much faith and you can do amazing things. And you're saying you need more faith? No. But the real key here is what it is that they needed the faith to do. See, when you hear this and Jesus says, oh, you know, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could uproot this tree with its incredible root system and throw it in the sea. And you begin to think physical acts. You begin to think that this is about having the faith to do something physical. Like, if I had enough faith, I could leap tall buildings in a single bound. If I had enough faith, you know, I could dunk a basketball-like Shaq. You know, it has nothing to do with that. Whoever it was that carves up these lessons and sets them out in a a pattern for preachers to follow in our denomination and in many others, decided to start this passage at verse 5. And so when the apostles say, increase our faith, you don't know what it is they're referring to, because what they're referring to was what Jesus had just taught them to do in verse 4. So let's go back and look at verse 4. In verse 4, Jesus says, And if the same person sins against you seven times a day and turns back to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive. In other words, it wasn't as if Jesus had just raised someone from the dead and the, and the apostles go, give us more faith so we can do that. Jesus hadn't just healed a, a leper and the apostles go, give us more faith because we can do that. Jesus had just said, you need to forgive somebody who sins against you even seven times a day. And they're like, what? What? we don't have that kind of faith. We don't have the faith that would let us do that. You're asking the impossible. If you want us to be that forgiving, you need to give us more faith. Jesus is like, no, 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 you don't get it. You've got plenty of faith to do that. All you need is this much, and you can do it. Because you can do it. You can forgive. The real reality is that on these kinds of things that Jesus teaches, of of these very basic things Jesus says, bottom line is we're either afraid to or we don't want to. People are afraid to forgive. If I forgive, if I forgave someone seven times, I'm a doormat. And they're just going to keep walking over me. Other times, it's like, I just don't want to. I don't want to. Forgive him? Are you kidding? I don't want to. I don't want to forgive him. All right. So, most of the time, on these very basic things that Jesus teaches us to do, it's not based on our inability to do it, it's because we're afraid to or we just don't want to. It's a matter of attitude. An attitude toward the things that we're supposed to do is so foundational in so many areas of our lives that Jesus gets to that point in a way that sounds pretty harsh. I mean, after he tells them this, he says, do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? Whoa, that sounds pretty tough, all right? That sounds pretty uncaring. But Jesus is making the point that just doing what's asked is nothing to be proud of just doing what's asked is not exceptional it's not the goal and yet so often in our world we're surrounded by people who seem to think that if you just do the minimum you've done enough my favorite example of that is one of my pet peeves and it's the tip jar makes me nuts okay like if i go to a restaurant you have great service i you know be generous with your servers. They're doing a hard job, okay? Right. But if somebody at a fast food place just gets my order right, I'm not leaping for joy. All right? And I think the problem with this tip jar mentality, the real problem, is that when you start being expected to be rewarded for just doing the basics you've stopped thinking about doing more than the basics you've stopped thinking about excellence all right? When you want to be rewarded for ordinary, you've stopped thinking about being excellent. You've stopped thinking about doing better. I, I think that no matter what job it is, it deserves your best. You deserve to be doing it at the best level you can, and you should be looking to move up. Uh, when I see a fast food worker at a counter, I'm not thinking they're only a fast food worker at a counter. I'm thinking they should be thinking in terms of what it would be like to become the manager of that franchise, what it might be like to own their own franchise someday, that they're learning the right restaurant business be thinking about how to do more than just the minimum. But a lot of times in faith, we fall prey to minimum thinking. And Jesus says to them, look, when you've done all that you were ordered to do, say we are worthless slaves, we have done only what we ought to have done. And the emphasis should be on that word only. We've done only what we ought to have done. Because doing what's commanded, doing the things that Jesus taught to to be forgiving, to, to love our neighbors, to love our enemies, to be generous, doing those things is just the start of faith. It's not the end goal. What it really is, is a baseline. These things are the fundamentals of faith. It's like that great scene from Bull Durham, if you remember it, right? There's the managers complaining about his team, and he just yells at them, and he says, baseball's a simple game, right? You you throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. But we all know some things about that. Yeah, that's the basics of baseball. Throw the ball, hit the ball, catch the ball. But I remember when I was a little kid, when you're like seven, That's hard, all right? When you're seven, that's not actually easy, all right? And so when you're seven, this is difficult. When you're seven, you're learning how to do this, and it's kind of exceptional to do that. I mean, I I remember one of my, stuck out in my head for so many years. I'm playing Little League. I forget, I'm like eight years old or something like that. And I apologize if you don't know baseball, but there's, I'm on first base. I'm eight years old, all right? There's only one out, And the kid hits this lazy fly ball toward right field. And my coach starts yelling, run, run, run. And I'm sitting there thinking, what do you mean run? It's a fly ball. There's one out. You're not supposed to run. But he goes, run, run, run. So I I start running. And of course, the ball falls to the ground. And I score. But after the play, I, I went up to the coach between innings. I said, coach, there was only one out on a fly ball. Why'd you tell me to run? and he said that kid can't catch. <laughs> I was actually kind of annoyed at him cuz here he is teaching me to play baseball incorrectly because he's taking advantage of the fact that he knows that this 8-year-old kid who's out in right field, which is like the desert of positions, all right, can't catch the ball. All right. And that's the thing, you know, when you're at that age and you do catch the ball? It's like an achievement, all right? Because, you know, you're eight years old, the fly ball's coming, they're afraid it's going to hit them in the face. You ever see them catch a fly ball? It's kind of like that, all right? And then when the ball actually hits the glove and lands in there, they look down, and they're like, whoa, there's a baseball in here, all right? And you cheer, and you go, yeah, you caught it never seen a pro do that caught a pop up you don't see him go nuts not even on the mets had to get that in there but when you're young and you're practicing these things are hard and then when you get to the point where they're not hard anymore where you've mastered them then you're making progress and you can do better Jesus says, look, first prepare a supper for me. First do what it is that you're supposed to do. Later you may eat and drink. In other words, first do what I've told you to do. Then later you reap the benefits of it. Later you'll reap the benefits. The benefits are beyond what I've asked you to do. See? You become good at something when you've mastered the basic skills. That's when you're good at something, you first master them, right? Musicians, they play scales. When I was a kid, learning the violin, eight out of eight notes on a scale was a real achievement. I didn't do it very often. That's why I didn't advance very far, okay? Eight out of eight, man, that was hard. Great musicians do them. They do them again, they do them again, they do them again. They may still do them no matter how good they get, but they get to the point where it's second nature. They get to the point where it's automatic. All right. And when you get to the point that it's automatic, then you can begin to reap the benefits of it. Until you can play notes, you can't make music. So you start with the notes, and then you can make music. And these things that Jesus is teaching us to do, to be forgiving, to be generous, to be loving, these are just the basic notes of life. We haven't started to make music with it yet, but we've got to get those things nailed down first. As the simplest example, to use what he was talking about that prompted this question from the apostles, this issue of forgiveness, sometimes we forget how valuable forgiveness is to us because forgiveness unburdens us from carrying a grudge. If you do not forgive, you carry the wrong with you everywhere you go. You carry the anger with you everywhere you go. You carry the resentment with you everywhere you go. As they say, the person gets to live rent-free in your brain, and that takes energy away from what you could be doing instead. When you master the fundamentals, it leads you to do more. But it has to become automatic. All right? It has to become automatic. Once they're automatic, they become a foundation for us to do greater things. The things Jesus taught were the starter kit of living the Christian life. It wasn't the culmination of it. It was just the beginning of it. And once you begin, things begin to change. Now, how do you know whether you're mastering something? There are a few simple signs, like the kids playing baseball or whatever. A few simple signs are. When you've mastered something, you're not surprised anymore. Of course the baseball's in my glove. I caught the ball. Of course I did. It's not surprising. You're not proud of it anymore, all right? Like, if you do something really small for somebody and you're really proud of yourself for doing it, you really haven't mastered like, kindness and generosity. And you don't expect praise. It's just like, well, of, of course. You know, of course I did. How else, how else could you do it, all right? It becomes so automatic within you that it's hard to not do it. It feels really unnatural not to do it because it has become so automatic. Like, I, I, remember, uh, you know, I remember this movie that I really enjoyed, Up in the Air, I remember with George Clooney, and Anna Kendrick was in it, okay? And Anna Kendrick... Um, has won like a Tony Award as a singer. But there's a scene in there where she's doing karaoke. And she's not supposed to be a good singer. And What I loved about that scene is there she is, a Tony Award winning singer trying to sing badly. And she is failing at singing badly because she's too good of a natural singer to hear music and sing. She sings wrong notes, but where you can tell she's good is their notes. See, when, when you're really bad, what you sing isn't like a note, okay? It's, it's in those ranges of frequency that fall between the notes, okay? She's missing the notes, but like by a solid half step, because she's trying to sing what isn't the note, but all she knows to do is sing the next note up or down. She can't miss by an eighth of a note. She doesn't know how anymore. Singing has become so automatic for her, so natural for her, that she can't not sing. All right. I would demonstrate, but I will spare you that. <laughs> I, I can certainly demonstrate wrong notes. Don't ever look for me in a karaoke bar. If you ever see me doing karaoke, take me to a neurologist, because the, certainly there's been a head injury involved. But the point is to get to that place where the things Jesus taught us to do are that automatic. Where you forgive because you you just would, because that's what you do. Where you're kind because you just would, because that's what you do. Where you're generous because you just would, because that's what you do. Where you love even your enemies because that's just what you do, and it's no longer a part of you to do anything but So which basic Christian skill will you focus on improving? The things Jesus taught, to forgive, to be generous, to love your enemies, to love the unlovable. Think of all those things that Jesus taught and remember that he taught them to his apostles, not as the goal, but as the foundation of what they would build. He taught it to them with an expectation that they would master these things in order to be able to do more. In order to be able to do it when you're under pressure. That's why with the quarterbacks and the skills competition, that's why you're going to see quarterbacks like Tom Brady who even at his age can still you know, hit that dot over the eye from 40 yards, he can do it when no one's chasing him. He can do it you know, under controlled conditions. He can do it automatically. He can do it every time so that when he's in a game and he's being chased by linebackers and he's running for his life, he can still hit a receiver. Because the basic skill became so automatic that it served him well in the game. The basic skills of Christian living have to become so automatic for us that they're instinctive when we're in the game of life, that they're instinctive when the world around us starts to go a little crazy, when things aren't going well for us. Those things have to be so instinctive that we do them without thinking about them because they're just a part of who we are. And at that point, you don't expect to be thanked. You don't expect praise. Because all you've done is mastered the basics of faith. And from there, you can build to do the great things that Jesus wanted us to do. Amen.